episode 175. 175, folks. No laugh track podcast. They still let me do this to show up. Uh, they don't lock me out at Acme. I thank them for that. Thank you also to Circle of Heat for letting us play their music there at the beginning. As always, this is Justin Severson, the host, and my guests this week have been here before, and we're just going to repeat today. everything. No, we're not. Completely original with Josh Weinstein. Stein. Stein. Did I say Stein? Oh. Stein. I mean, I said Steen. Fuck. Take two. No, I'm kidding. And Chris Bliss. Christ. Uh, <laughs> Christ. Christ Bliss. Yeah, Chris Christ. Christ. Okay, Chris Christ. Yeah, fine. Chris Christ. I Christ changed, Bliss. I changed it. I like Chris Christ. I might go with that. I think you should. After the surgery. <laughs> go from rhyme to alliteration. It's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> is Bliss, do we ever, Bliss is your, is that? No. No. Family name, but but my it was my grandmother's maiden name. Oh, okay. So it's it, they are part of the family, but oh. uh, my legal last name is Dickey. <laughs> Nuff said. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't tell if that's a joke or not. No, it's not. <laughs> really, no. it is Dicky. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. So, so I, uh, I had, I had the reason, but I also had the the family name, and also, uh, it rhymed. So boy, <laughs> there you go. That's a trifecta. And it was the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of having the, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, like when a new team. So they're going to change rhinestones the were involved. That's true. Rhinestones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When they're going to change Spandex the name of like a, uh, some mascots or something, the names that always people always throw out there are ones that start like where it'll be like um, humble talks, like the high school I went to. You know, like they'll put an H H. Right. Yeah, but you didn't do that. You didn't go like Chris Christ. No. Uh, and then I found out that there actually uh, somebody sent me something. There was a uh, an exotic dancer somewhere in Louisiana named Chris Bliss. <laughs> really? Yeah. Male or female? Uh, no, no, female. Okay. Uh, but it was like C R I S S B L I S S. So, yeah. You know, it's, and it's it, it's a pretty good exotic dancery name, I guess. But that might for be Louisiana. A, yeah. That might be enough to get you certified on Twitter, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should for a week do an experiment and change the name. On uh, Twitter, see if you gain. Is she? I wonder if she's still working. No, because that was thirty years ago. And she's still working. <laughs> Let me just say, I don't want to clean the pole. <laughs> no. <laughs> I went low early. Wow. <laughs> you say, that's how we're going to do today's show. It was right a little there. more visual than I really thought we should. <laughs> well, and actually, that's uh, I. You know, I did the Louisiana World Theater Expo. of the Mind this way. <laughs> right. Uh huh. In 1984, I did the Louisiana World Expo, right? Okay. In, in, and uh, one of the guys I met while I was down there was this uh, um, young, just Cajun stud guy who made neon sculptures and was in all the clubs. It's 1984. You know, it's Michael Jackson's on top of the charts. And, he's, and uh, he got, had some guy from a, from a topless club ask him to make neon poles. Oh, Right, okay. clear poles with neon inside of them, and that's what he told the guy. He said, "Well, I'll I'll make them for you, but I'm not cleaning." <laughs> Filtering the Cajun accent, and, uh, <laughs> and the guy had very he was very Heathcliffian. <laughs> I like that. How was the uh, show last night, fellows? That was a lot of fun. It was very fun. Yeah, I think uh, less material than we've ever done in one of our shows. <laughs> so that's why is that? Uh, just because we're both, uh, we've been doing this show long enough that we trust ourselves more and just like, you know, interacting with one another. Because we're both on stage for the whole show together. So, and we kind of trade out doing our own material. Yeah. But we also do just a lot of kind of 
back and forth now too. So, and, and I, there's new elements in the show. I mean, there's new, we have a new. Uh, Josh has his top. Well, it will be 200 tweets from the last 12 months, and we just call out a number when we get in trouble, and he nails them with. <laughs> 140 characters or less of comedy genius. <laughs> I'm trying to well, I'm trying to make a game of like tweet craps so you can see how yeah. long how long a roll you can get going if you you know because some of them aren't as good as others. <laughs> and then I also threw in like some Trump tweets and some like Dalai Lama tweets and some things to make sure that they will not get a laugh. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wanted to make it a real game of chance. But you are a, very funny on Twitter. He's great so on thank Twitter. You. Yeah, yeah. At Jailus Weinstein, people. Yes. Very funny. So I was, and I, before we started recording, I was asking you, there is a set, a brand new unopened set of tennis balls on your table there, Chris. And I thought, the first thing I thought is, doesn't he just travel with, you know, some old trusted balls? This yes. guy's an expert, man. <laughs> yes, I do. And also, and also stuff to juggle with. Yeah. <laughs> Those would be 63 years old. <laughs> trusted balls. Uh uh, uh no we just uh, uh or josh, are you going to play tennis today? josh and i do a have a duet at the end of the show have a, a very dynamic uh uh i don't know what you'd call it i mean it's 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 an extravaganza it really it? is it's it's a it turns it into the fucking ed sullivan show mm-hmm. yeah. really at the end there. and then and there's this thing at the end where we're both doing this thing and it's uh it is uh you know it's a thing it's a thing. Yeah, yes. people got that's how's that for theater of the mind? Just throw the right, word it's a thing, thing in and people go, Oh, a thing. Ooh, and then a thing line. and then a thing, oh, it's improv. There's three things. Name There's three no chance things. people in the front couple of rows will get hurt. No, because they're fucking tennis balls. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Fucking well, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's objects that we don't, you don't have. Maybe if I spaz right out now. and fall on somebody, <laughs> you know. Years ago at uh, the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach, uh, Joel Hodgson was was playing there, and he used to have this prop in his act, which was like a, you know those party blowouts where you blow and the paper unrolls. Mm-hmm. He had one, a giant one that was attached to a leaf blower, and so it was like this giant party blowout. <laughs> And he did it on stage there, and it flipped out, and it like knocked out the tooth of the of the dude oh, in the front row. No. <laughs> and the girl with him actually said, "You better run. He hits hard." <laughs> That's funny. I saw an act at the Comedy and Magic Club. What do they call the thing with, with the ball on it and the pong paddle, the paddle thing, paddle ball, paddle ball, yeah, yeah. paddle ball act. Where the guys, you know, that like also the, was Joel, like the like the magician who's going to knock the cigarette out of your mouth, right? Uh-huh. He does all this stuff, and he brings a volunteer out of the crowd, and he just put welts all over this guy on <laughs> on, on purpose, right? That was the joke, and it was really twisted because I could see that this guy's a bit of a sadist. Wow! Yeah, it was sado comedy. That's fantastic. Oh, it was, and it was the uh, and the audience is laughing. I'm going, this is really. For the the guy who came up with this, this is some twisted shit here. I'm laughing hearing about yeah. it. Oh <laughs> yeah, there must be there must not be a clip of that on YouTube. Because I had such contempt when you said he was a paddle ball. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's he's done something. He's created new ground. So, oh, that's pretty good. Are you, uh, Josh? Are you bringing the guitar out on stage? Uh, I'm not. No, 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 not this time. But no. I will be, there's some singing involved. There is some. Singing. There is some music involved, but yeah. uh, no. No guitar. No, I didn't bring my ukulele bass this time either. So. None. Okay. So people who are waiting for the uh, Burbank Airport tribute band, 
It's not going to get it. It's <laughs> not going to happen this time. Yeah, well, but we got to ro- you got to rotate stuff in and out. Exactly. You know, this is our twelfth time. Yeah. <laughs> it should be different, <laughs> at least a little. Have you guys seen each other in between visits to Acme? I think we saw each other in L.A. once this past you. year. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got together with you and Andy. Right. A couple of times actually, and Joel too. Right. Andy, well, so Andy Kindler would be the Andy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Joel would yeah, be, bring uh, me into this. Joel would be a <laughs> Minneapolis native. Joel, Joel Madison. Madison. Oh. Comedy, Minneapolis Python comedy Bob pioneer. Bob. Yes, that's one, true. One of the original uh, Minneapolis comedy guys. all-star yes. uh, as well, self-proclaimed. With Louis Anderson and Alex Cole and, and Jeff, Jeff Cesario. Cesario. Yeah. Oh, I, I have an original one. negative. Of who I just had breakfast with a couple weeks myself. Really? Jeff Cesario. I didn't think you meant Louis. Jeff basically sponsored me when I moved out to L.A. I crashed at his apartment the first two weeks I was there. And oh, actually, really? Yeah. Actually, after the first week I was there, I was playing golf with Cesario and Louis Anderson. And we're on, like, the eighth hole. And this guy from the clubhouse comes out on a, on a golf cart, like, all like, Mr. Cesario, there's a call for you. And so, like, he takes him back to the clubhouse. And it was like a call that he had to do Letterman the next night. Like someone fell out and they needed to fall in. So it was like, he like comes running back. You know, the, he, the guy brought him back on the card. He grabs his clubs, takes off the chorus, leaves me on the course with Louis. <laughs> wow. You know, yeah. it was like he was airlifted off to do Letterman. And so I had his apartment to myself for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out for both of you. Yes, it did. <laughs> it's, it's, what and I sold a bit to Louis that day for like three grand. <laughs> and you got your money? I did. It was that ching ching bit. Remember that? Dork oh, that's right. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. Explain that. Explain that. What, you... I had this bit of my act. Um, I can't even really do it anymore. But it was the the point of it basically was that people should get charged a dork tax for when they say certain things, like to get your hair cut, got them all cut, ching ching. <laughs> and so it had this sort of callback built in with a ching ching. And um, Louis wanted the bit really bad because it was you know because it had callbacks which Louis loves. Uh-huh. And I was, just, and but it was like you know, it was my act was kind of anchored on it for a little while. So I was like, no. So the more you said no, the price. Kept going <laughs> I was yeah, like, no, really? Louis, it's like you can't. Seventy five bucks, and it finished. You it. can't have it, Louis. No. What do you want for it? What do you? What do you? Come on. I'm like, fine. You can have it for three grand. Thinking like, there's no way. Fine. So he wrote, he wrote me a check. Here's your money. You know. And then he did it on the Dennis Miller show. The, that when he had the talk show, that nightly talk show, yeah, did it once, did it really poorly, never did it again. No way! <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> wow. so you gave him half his money back, right? Nope. Yeah. No, no, he just didn't. He just Instead, didn't do he it had that just well. looked. The next time he talked to Louis, he said two words. Because when you know, ching, ching. <laughs> well, the part of the difference was <laughs> when I did it, it sounded like a cash register sort of ching ching. When Louis did it, it was ching ching, ching ching. <laughs> 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 it just didn't quite ring the same bell, so to speak. No. <laughs> How often do things like that happen where you've... Uh, I'm fascinated by that. Did, so he'd seen you do it and was like, I want, I want that. Yeah, that's what happened. How often does that... How does how often does that happen? Back, back then, I was I. You, you sold. You wrote. Yeah. You. I, I, would, I, I I wrote for guys a lot. Not always for pay. Sometimes I you know guys would take me out on the road with them as their feature act just because they'd you know they'd leave the week with five new jokes you know because I'd be watching them all week. Uh huh. But you know, I like trade. I traded a couple jokes out of my act for some Bose speakers to Scott Hansen once, and uh, he some probably, people he <laughs> some people he will not give jokes for free to. Yeah, no. That would be there. It would be, uh, you know, it's totally a Josh call. Yeah, no, it's always, no, you know, 
if you if I charge, you know, I'm a high priced joke writer, but I give them away for for free to people I like. But you literally have to then like contemplate, like, well, now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm this is going to be gone, and now I got to find my new stuff. Yeah, but if you're That's, a good joke writer, yeah, you know, you want to turn over material anyway. Yeah, you know, so. It was, you you're know. not Mr. You're not uh, Kevin Callback anyway. So, but I was also 20 years old. Yeah. I had just moved to Los Angeles with maybe six or seven grand in my pocket, and that, serious cocaine habit. That joke, <laughs> that joke bought my furniture. Yeah, you know? sure. So it, it was not a hard choice. That's awesome. At three grand, because I thought it was my, you know, it was the, it was the crazy price. The, right, right. The I don't want to sell it price, yeah. and it matched it. So. Yeah. Is there a is there a, like uh, could you have something right now in your back pocket actually written out and like I know who would want this? No, I don't ever. No. I don't think of shit like that anymore. No. If I think of a joke, it goes right on Twitter now. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, I never think of it again. And is there are there any rules about? There's no un, just an unwritten rule about stealing stuff from Twitter. I mean. In, Really, anyone could st- take your stuff from there. They could, but it's also know. such a quick I have a, turn- pa- I have a paper a high- trail. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's also such a high turnover medium. That's the thing is that you know current event jokes they have like a three second shelf life <laughs> these days. Yeah, know? I mean that's why every comic is talking about such personal stuff on stage now. It's because every fucking pop culture thing has the meat picked off the bone within five minutes on <laughs> social media and there's nothing left and it's like you know stories that used to have three weeks or a month worth of life it's like two days it's like we talked about that already yeah and, and everybody hit i mean it's on the the news anchors are using the whatever the cute funny part was you know i mean it's, right no it's, it's just yeah it's 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 totally it's you know uh what did Sherman do when he marched to the? What did they call scorched that? Scorched earth. Yeah, it's a scorched earth uh, <laughs> on. Uh, yeah, on it is. So jokes. you know, so joke, you know, jokes in and of themselves. But jokes about know. the location of my genital warts, evergreen. <laughs> Have they gotten green? Ever now? brown? <laughs> <laughs> Ever dark brown? Yeah. Actually, they're not my genital sure warts. I collect fish. other people's that have been removed from a doctor that's, that's friend of mine. <laughs> Remember those candy dots that would be on paper? Exactly. And, and then I make say. them into little, you know, stick people and things. It's it's an art form. It's a hobby. There's a Skittles yeah. or some candy commercial right now yeah. where the kid is covered it's like in like Skittles them. pox yeah. or some shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the girl eats it. Yeah. yeah. It grosses me out. It's pretty grody. Yeah. yeah. So it's the like word Skittles. grody, by the way. <laughs> nice. yeah. well, here's a little flashback to 1982 <laughs> with grody. To the max. To the max. <laughs> yes. Is anyone... Uh, is anyone making jokes? I haven't noticed anybody making jokes about Charlie Sheen. Or are we all? Does everyone feel terrible for him? Uh, I'm, I'm neither. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's funny. But I, you know, don't have any real Charlie Sheen steam left in me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and speaking of things, I got picked over. Yeah, no kidding. And there's you know. a lot of. Uh, but I, I don't think you know. It's like I'm not. It's not like I'm some Christian thinking he should be punished for his lifestyle. You yeah. Know? It's like I feel bad for the guy. Mm-hmm. He has a disease. Pretty manageable one at this point. Yeah, you know. So if you got money, yeah. Well, or or Obamacare. I mean, I know people have been. I mean, the medications. The you know, it's that's pretty remarkable. I know people that have been living with it for twenty years. That's well, Magic Johnson would be the best. Yeah, example, I was reading this morning. Magic. Old Magic had you know reached gave yeah. him a, reached out via Twitter to Charlie. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking people were actually going, well, th- you know, thank- thanking Charlie Sheen for breaking the barrier down. And people go, well, Magic Johnson did that already. But then you go, well, Magic Johnson was actually like 25 fucking years ago now. 
You know, there's a, a long whole time generation ago. for whom Magic Johnson's AIDS had no impact, and that's very true. They barely know who he is. Yeah, not, you know. true. So it's, uh-huh. so it's good that people be reminded that uh, you know, just unlimited sex with prostitutes could be bad for you, <laughs> right? As right. well as expensive. I found out something new that uh, they were. Did you hear this about it? That he was uh, still having like unprotected sex, like as of like a week ago, and then he has his. He gets a doctor involved, and there's some pill that the woman can take to block to block it i have no idea doesn't that sound insane yeah. i didn't once i once i learned just the basic fact that charlie sheen has hiv that was all i really needed to glean from that <laughs> yeah, news but... item i didn't dig any deeper it seems insane well, but, who know, but how do you how do we know if it's true i mean there's everyone's taking a fucking shot at charlie sheen right now yeah. you know and he he came out because people were extorting him so you know who the hell knows what's true yeah that's true that's very true well not to, i mean here's a guy that lived and long i'm defending to, charlie sheen publicly right now by the yeah. way <laughs> it's also kind of ironic that he lived long enough you know he outlived his you know, most of it, he he lived through all of these addictions long enough to get this instead yeah no kidding you know? that's a good point i saw i'm gonna switch things here to something i'm very very passionate about and we I teased it with you briefly here before we started, Josh. Cocaine, we're talking about? Cocaine, let's yeah. do it. Right. Let's do it. We got all of a table in front of us. No, um, Mystery Science Theater. I talked about it last week on the podcast. I was super excited yeah. that Joel Hodgson went on and made this announcement, and they were doing a Kickstarter and gaining money. And I, and since then, there's been an update where they have hit a, I think, like to do, what, three episodes or something? They hit the $2 million minimum bar to do three episodes okay and as of a week ago like i saw that you tweeted something out saying like that you weren't going to be involved in this no yeah all right but fill in the blanks what what do you know that i don't know they someone came did joel come to you and were you ever asked i was you were i was okay i mean i've been i've been sort of in this loop for a long time as joel has tried to make this happen over the last several years really um in various forms and and plans and schemes and you mm-hmm. know he's been working real hard to make this happen okay um and uh in fact he did ask me to work on it as a as a writer primarily and okay. sort of, you know sort of onset maven and you know um but uh i don't really want to do that gig you know partially because i don't really do tv writing gigs anymore um partially because I don't want to go back to a show I left when I was 18 years old in a lesser capacity <laughs> than I left it. Um, now, it's not where your creative focus is at all. I mean, it's no, just, I mean, you know, my, you're working on all this other stuff that's so interesting. I'm directing you know? my second movie right now. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a way more fulfilling path than going and being a joke monkey, even <laughs> though even if it's for something that I care about. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I want Joel to succeed with this. And I like Jonah Ray, who he has announced is going to be the new host. Um, you know, I wish everyone, I wish everyone in the riffing community well, you know, I, I'm, I like the Riff Tracks guys, the Riff Tracks guys just announced, the Riff Tracks guys are, uh, now selling a limited, uh, selection of MST episodes on their website and, yeah. and they just got in touch with all of the principals, uh, and said they're going to cut us in on that. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's just, you know, a really nice gesture. It's not going to mean much money, but that doesn't matter. It's the fact that they feel like, you know. Because all it was a residual free endeavor, and none of us really have seen any back end on it. 
Okay. Um, they wanted to share whatever they got. So that was Is there cool. a simple answer to who's really own like who owns the name Mystery Science Theater? Now it's Shout Factory. They just bought it from Jim Mallon, who was the copyright holder up until very recently. And how did Jim Mallon ever have the copyright on Jim Mallon was the partner of Joel Hodgson when they started the show. Okay. And when Joel left the show, he sold out to Jim. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, um, or whatever the arrangement was, but essentially that was it. Now, a week ago, when I was super excited about this thing, am I wrong to be, I was under the impression that maybe Joel was going to be the host again? Did I miss that part in the first pitch? You know, like the the beginning? Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I don't think he was ever, I don't think he was misrepresenting that at all i think you know he's had the guy in the pit in the kickstarter pitch he had someone else being the silhouette yeah talking yeah to him as the creator but yeah no joel doesn't want to be the host anymore so do you uh are any i mean i guess i'm i'm asking you you're not even involved but you were in talks with it so haven't you ever heard of star trek the next generation (laughs) no as it stands now none of the original cast is none of the original cast is involved right now um even in writing uh, even in writing currently, um, I, you know, I think he may make some offers to some more people. Yeah. Um, I know Trace is not going to be involved. I'm not going to be involved. Frank, I don't think is going to be involved. Um, I'm not going to be involved. Chris, no. Chris Bliss will not be. But involved. you know, he's still, he, well, he wants to have a whole new cast. I mean, that's part of the whole point of all this. Yeah. Um, because he feels like it's you know the premise is the thing. Which is understandable since he created the premise. Right. You know? Now, for longtime fans like me, I mean, really, what you just did, like with Cinematic Titanic or what these other guys are still doing with Rift Tracks, is really more of a. Isn't that more of a representation of what Mystery Science was originally without the name? The official well, name? I don't know. I mean, I think that's for fans to decide. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. now it's like the fucking Temptations. There's, you know, <laughs> the Spinners. There's three different versions out at playing state fairs. And yeah. I actually own you the know. name Four Tops. Of yeah. all the people, I am now the only one who's not in a riffing endeavor, and I actually feel kind of good about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, even Mary Jo is now riffing with Bridget. Nelson. Oh, okay. Uh, on Rift Tracks' his label. So, and, oh, wow. And Frank and Trace are out as the Mads doing live shows. Yes. So, you know, so everyone wants to do it. I have, you know, before Cinematic Titanic, I wasn't really even a part of the world, you know, for years. Right, I, right. I, I had left the show and I was sort of, you know, I was sort of Leon Trotsky. I was written out of history. Uh-huh. And then when Cinematic Titanic came around and the story got retold yes. i was re-included in the tale as okay. one of the founding fathers and kind of important and of course a traitor like you trotsky know. um you know and i was apologized to unlike trotsky um but um so you know so for me it was like it was nice to come back and dip my toe back into the world yeah. and kind of plant my little flag in it and mm-hmm. go yeah i, I kind of helped start this but it was, you know, it was and the live shows were a blast. But I never, once I left the show in 1989, you know, never was like, you know, had unfulfilled riffing desires. Sure. You know? It is weird because you were so young. Yeah, I was 18 when yeah. I left the show. You I mean, it's Do you really want to go back to a job you had when you were 17 and 18? Right. Oh, I saw your tweet about the uh, that got favorited so many times or liked or loved or whatever it was. That and... I now have competition to uh, for being the server that people don't like as much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's very funny. That's my legacy, though, you know, and it's fine. Uh-huh. You know? I, but I don't, you know, I'm not going to. You could f- wind up third string servo. The last servo. thing I'm going to do is try to fight about it or convince people I'm important or, you know, I don't give a shit. Right, it, right, You right. know, it, the fact that this sh- we're talking about this show 
28 years or 27 years after we started it is kind of satisfying enough for me mm-hmm. I, you know it's a little part of my history you yeah know? and i think i'll be remembered hopefully for freaks and geeks as well as mst when yeah, you yeah. talk about my nerd cred you know <laughs> right 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 but uh you know i mean my my gig has always been i want my next job to be to present something i haven't done before or something i can learn nice and doing mystery science theater more just wouldn't present that yeah you know cinematic titanic because we turned it into this live touring thing great show Mm -hmm. you know that was exciting and i really am glad we did it and i always wanted to play these 1200 seat theaters and old vaudeville houses and stuff around the country and we got to play broadway and you know yeah all that shit you got to do uh uh oberman show did oberman show and uh you know so it was all you know all that was great but bands break up you know Mm -hmm. and this that band broke up and i don't regret that we did it and i don't think it should have gone on longer it was exactly the right amount of time as far as i'm concerned but now i'm really happy directing movies and doing occasional i I want to hear keep adding the skills you know yeah i mean that's the thing you do something i mean i've been more leisurely in my i mean you get i mean a, a juggling act for however many years i wasn't you know, it's, it wasn't a strategic choice, right. <laughs> uh, but but at some point, it's just if you're growing on the inside at all, you just go, I need something more creative than this. And then you next thing, I need something more creative. You don't lose any of the things you learned from the initial skill, but you just keep challenging yourself into into new fields. And for you, I mean, of course, a filmmaking, it's a, it's a natural next, next step. Yeah. This is exciting, the thing that he's... I, I know. I want updates on all that stuff. I have one more question about Mystery Science. Of course. Uh, actually, not even a question. I just... I'm sorry, but I think we've spoken about that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if I may just uh, say. Fine, okay. No, yeah. one more thing here. Um, when I read, when I first read on uh, social media that Jonah Ray was the choice, uh-huh. I, even though, of course, I had, had no shot and would never be, you know, immediate bitterness. Really? Like, oh, of course! Of course, like, but I'm a bigger fan. Like, I have no idea about Jonah, how much he loves it. Or, you Jonah's know, a like, huge fan. Yeah, and uh, it could have been anyone. I'd be like, I want it to be me. I, I'm the bigger fan. But. Yeah. I felt the same way when Trevor Noah got the gig. At <laughs> the Daily Show? Oh, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I thought had... they were going to go older and whiter. What's this? <laughs> but I think even Paul Feig had fantasies about, I mean, Paul Feig years ago when I moved to, who's the guy who's directing Ghost, the new Ghostbusters reboot and created Freaks and Geeks, Freaks and, Geeks and yeah. directed Spy and, and Bridesmaids and all these things. It was the first guy I met in L.A. when I moved there. And he was a huge Mystery Science Theater fan. Um, so it was great. This guy I met, really nice guy who knows who I am. L.A. is going to be great. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he had apparently built his own robot. Oh, <laughs> like had wow. this fantasy of, of riffing along with the dude. So no kidding. Yeah. And oh, he, wow. as, as he put, he created that show on uh, Yahoo that Joel and Trace did. That, yeah. Uh, Interspace or something space. Uh, that's right. That's right. So okay. That jo- that Trace was a robot voice on. Uh huh. Now let's talk about the uh, your documentaries. I'm making them. Yeah, where where are we? Where where are people? When are people gonna be able to see what you've been putting together? Uh, I'm trying to get distribution for my first one, which is called Michael DeBar. Who do you want me to be? Um, I was out this year at some festivals with that and got really good response and won best in show at the Macon Film Festival. Awesome! And, uh, Congrats. Um, so we were just at American Film Market last week. Uh, talking to some distributors and getting some good bites and so we'll see you know it's slow and and you know it's kind of slightly out of my control so sure 
proud of the movie, and now I'm also now I'm cutting the second doc, which is uh, about which is kind of starts here at Acme Comedy Club, mm-hmm. uh, and is about a tour that the owner of the club, Lewis Lee, uh, put on in uh, a stand-up tour in Asia, uh, which included Hong Kong and Singapore and Macau. Yeah, uh, and he asked me to uh, to come along and if I wanted to see if I could make a movie out of it, and I kind of was like, I think I should come shoot it. I can't guarantee you there's a movie there. Um, but let's give it a shot. And then I and I came home and I I was certain there was a movie there. Awesome. Um, and I've been cutting that movie for the last many months. Yeah. But uh, hopefully by spring that'll be done. Okay. And you were just here about like about a month ago. You showed some clips of it. I did. Yeah, it was a reunion of the, the three guys who went are all Acme favorite yeah. guys. Oh yeah. Pete Lee, Chad Daniels, and Tom Segura were the three comics on the tour. Um, and so we did a benefit show here for uh, Lewis's son's school last yep. last month, which also was a reunion of that tour. And I showed probably 15 or 20 minutes worth of clips from the movie, uh, maybe four different sections. Yeah. Um, and got great response. It was really exciting. You know? Is it the first time you showed it to a group of people? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, it's the first time anyone outside my office had seen it. So. Oh, wow. Um, and that was, you know, and that was with like just my cut and no, you know, not just a totally perfunctory mix and, you know, so uh-huh. it was very rough and it still worked really well. Oh, so that was, is, I, was I very, can't, I can't wait. Very to see it. I've heard so many, you know, on this podcast talking to everyone that was on that tour has been back on no laugh track since. So I've heard sure. plenty of the stories, uh, yeah, including they're... the ones off mic, like from Lewis. Yeah. And, uh, I can't wait to see what you have. Yeah. I'm excited. It's, uh. Yeah, it's something you know. Obviously, I have some real stake in in the topic. Yeah, you know, so I feel like I'm I'm the guy to do it. Will you be on the Will you be on the screen at all? A little bit. I did a couple of guest sets over there. I haven't I haven't 100 percent decided if they're going in the movie, but it, but I will be pretty much narrate. You know, yes, I will be on screen for sure because <laughs> I will be sort of introducing myself as the narrator to oh, the okay. audience. But you know, the movie won't be about me. Yeah, it's not going to be about making a movie. It's you know, yeah, yeah. It's trying to tell a better, a bigger story than that. Oh, that's awesome! I'm excited. Kind of my, but I think it's going to end up sort of being my love letter to stand up. You mm, know? Okay, you're going to give it a name. Which is like more that? than I can provide as a stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a name? No, I don't. It's no. actually haunting me because really, yeah, I haven't thought of. Usually, I'm very good at names, and this one, I'm. Uh, it's just a bunch of fucked up puns <laughs> that I keep coming up with. And that's What's just, so funny, Loundy? There you go. There's one that's not going to make the list. Okay. <laughs> you got any more? No. <laughs> you peaked right there, huh? <laughs> I saw, uh, and actually, uh, um, the Michael DeBar, he he does a, I, I saw he had a satellite radio show on last night. Yeah, every day. Yeah. Siri- oh, it's every day. Yeah, and Sirius on uh, Little Steven's Underground Garage. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I just happened to see a because of you. I follow him on Twitter now. Yeah, yeah, and he followed me back. Good. Yeah, what a guy. So, uh, so I see those updates every now and then. Did you? You mentioned um, you brought up Paul Feig in um, his movies. Did you guys? I think Josh especially. Uh, the Martian. Did you hear about that? The Martian is going to the Golden Globes as a comedy. Yeah, I just heard about that. That is uh That is uh Really late with the Golden Globes, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> have you ever seen that movie? I haven't seen it. It's a Matt Damon 
Yeah, no, I know yeah, what it is, yeah. but I haven't seen it. So uh, it's, I mean, it sounds like it's more like the um, the Harvard. Uh, what's the award they give for? I mean, why the, would they? The Hasty Pudding. Yeah, award. It's, I mean, it's not a comedy film, is it? No, no, no. There's jokes in it, like life. And the re- and the re- reason I even thought of this is because Paul Feig, uh, a comment I read from him was like a movie should be categorized as a, as a comedy if the intent of the movie is to make people laugh. Right. It's that simple. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah no. It's very very. So if you have a comedy that has three serious moments, like pick the Will Ferrell movie of your choice. Sure. Then it should be up for best drama. Then. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you feel Robert anything, yeah. if they make you feel anything, oh, it's a drama. Uh, yeah, no, it's so transparent, and hopefully it won't win for that reason, you know, because then it will super be a sham, you know. Yeah. Transparent in that it's just a chance to win an award. Yeah, that's a transparent they... it's attempt to go up against less stiff boy. competition in yeah. order to say we get won a Golden Globe. Yeah. yeah. Golden Globe winning movie, whatever. I mean, I don't know what the other, the, the comedies it's in competition with, but... How's that going to help it at the Academy Awards? I assume if they ask Paul, Spy is one of them. It, it is one. I, they, I think it is. It is. So there's my uh, there's my vote. Yeah. No, I think I think Spy is one of them. Yeah, is one of the options. But yeah, no. If I was directing a comedy and and that happened to me, I'd probably be pretty pissed about it. My, you know. But I don't ever see myself being someone <laughs> who has award pettiness issues. <laughs> I have managed to uh, to have a pretty award immunity throughout my career. Oh, yeah, I'm 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 award free as well. Chris, how did the uh, I think I haven't seen you since you put on your big show with um Oh, that went great. I yeah. want to hear about it. Uh uh yeah, I was just thinking when we were talking how even though two two totally different generations the how parallel our lives are, you played a robot and I actually lost a gig to a robot. That's right. I think I'm the first I've got you know, written proof. In 1981, I actually lost one of my first corporate gigs to a robot. What? And I have a wonderful memo to my agent about it. They booked me, and then they called back and said, you know, no, we got this great – and the memo has this thing about how uh, – uh, I. my favorite line in this is it uh, – I voted for you over the robot in the first place, but was overruled. Uh, <laughs> I hope we're still would... we're still working on a two show deal with the robot people. <laughs> but so, wasn't there a line, a line that says, "But it is a very entertaining robot." Yes, yes, <laughs> a highly a highly sophisticated robot. Was it? Right. I hope it was the one from eighty one. No, Buck was Rogers. Not... Was it the one from Buck Rogers? Because <laughs> right. I was with always... Mel Blanc doing the yeah. voice. Mine, <laughs> mine as well have been. So so I, I I treasure that having. I think I am the first entertainer to lose a gig to a robot. Going back to 1981, and then you know you you do entertaining films, and I build stone monuments of the Bill of Rights. It's very practical, but it's the same path in terms of you get tired of something and you go and want to cut your teeth on something new. Yeah, I mean that's an art project too for me. Mm-hmm. So, sure, you know. So uh, uh, and you go to uh, where was the, where was the, which was the film festival you got best in show? Macon Film Festival. <laughs> and I was and I was just in Montgomery, Alabama. There you go. Uh, we're going to put the Bill of Rights up in Montgomery, I think. Which I felt pretty good that if a, if a uh, a Minnesotan Jew can bring a British glam rock star to the center of Georgia and win, win best in, I felt pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's great. That's how you should always tell people about that accomplishment, now, Josh. The cool thing about that festival is that Burt Reynolds was there. What doing yeah, what? Being Burt Reynolds, being the guest of honor at the festival, and he was fantastic. Really? Yeah. 
Because Burt Reynolds. Last I heard, he was having some health. He looked good, or no? He looked like hell. Yeah, uh, but he's not. You know, but, but he's, he's looked like hell it. for years. Yeah, <laughs> he earned that. He lived hard. He was a stunt man for Christ's sake. A stunt man, then a stud. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, he's completely slowed down a step, but he's adjusted his timing to the you know to the slowness. So he's like, he's still got that Burt Reynolds thing going. Really cool leather jacket. Wears, no, but wears like this pancake, like not even like stage makeup. It's like mortuary makeup. He, it's so no, heavy. No, yeah, he's like he looks like cold, his the cold he, room. He makeup. looks like his own wax figurine at Madame Tussauds, <laughs> but and he moves really slow. And, but that's so that shit won't fall off. But he's still Burt Reynolds, you know, and he scratches his head, and the toupee moves a uh, little bit. Okay, and, you know, so the toupee was was there. Oh God, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. part of the look. So, but it was it's very exciting. It's Burt Reynolds, for God's sakes. So. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, how did the show go? I uh, the show know. was great. Uh, name drop. Remind everyone well, who was Lewis there. Well, Lewis Black, uh, Dick Gregory, Tommy Smothers, uh, John Fuglesang, who was, was great. Uh, uh, Ahmed Ahmed, who uh, went after the Jews hard and heavy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, and uh, uh, Christella Alonzo. Oh, okay. Uh, and Access TV uh, came in and taped it, turned it into a two-hour comedy special. We had interview segments with all of the artists, uh, uh, and so we have short clips. Sarah Silverman and Wanda Sykes and Penn Jillette all contributed little video clips into it. Nice. And it was, and they really honored that it was about something, and it pieced together extremely nicely. And uh, so, and uh, um, yeah. I'm not a director, but I'm an executive producer now. So look at that. So I, so I produced. I'm, I executive produced my first uh, TV special. Did you perform that night too? Uh, you know what? Not on the. Uh, I, I was a spokesperson in one of the interview clips, but the performance stuff that I did was just to warm the audience up, to bring Lewis out, to bring Dick Gregory out. Gotcha. So it, it couldn't be used. And did we mention that this is to raise money for Bill of Rights Monument? For my Bill of Rights.org, the Bill of Rights Monument Project. If anybody wants to go look look that up and check it out. And I think that, and it's it's weird the way things come together, but I think we're Alabama and Oklahoma will be the next two states that we go through the uh, legislatures on. Okay. And the reason is because I have ways in both states to raise the money to put the, together the executive committees. You know, we're not a funding organization, so you go where the where it looks like I know six people that I think I can pull into this, and they know everybody else because the people who actually do things in their communities are 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 a much smaller community of their own. Sure, it's been it's it's not good for your sense of humor. Nonprofit work is not good for your sense of humor. <laughs> it's extremely good for your edit button. Uh, yeah, because you're always thinking things. You go, oh, thank God I didn't say that. <laughs> Um, I've blurted a few times, but that can work too. I mean, it's weird. You're working with politicians and they say stuff and I'm used to just talking and being who I am. And then I'll walk out of the room and go, well, I'm glad that worked. But he, this person was clearly testing mm. something. See where you're at on stuff. Okay. That's completely fair. You're asking people to support something. You getting better at dealing with who them? They're dealing with. Are you getting better at it? Uh, yeah, because it's a good spot. It's a for me as an individual, it feeds a part of me that comedy doesn't feed, that nothing else feeds. So it makes sense, you know. I mean, in some sense, all the good stuff, all my mom's nice personality, and all that other stuff gets to go into this thing where you get to be polite. You could stay on the high road all the time. You're talking about big things. You're completely inclusive. I mean, it's so the opposite of comedy. <laughs> right. You know, there's no bitching or complaining. It's all. I mean, it's 
it, it, it's, it's and it is like an art project. You never know when it's, if it's going to come together, if it's going to get finished. You know, if it's uh, uh, so, it's been uh, a, a huge real world example. I've, I've really enjoyed it, and I've met some of the best people imaginable because people who want to get involved in something like that. You don't have to explain it to them. They go, yeah, let's go do this. Sure. And and it's you know so this very high ground, common ground kind of thing. This global document. This this uh, you know that's now an iconic worldwide thing about individual liberty. And I think it's a really good. The funny thing is, you remember this. You told me because I started it 2006, and when Obama was elected, Josh said, "I think you've missed your window. You know, people aren't going to be interested in this." But it came, they became interested through a different avenue. And plus, of course, all the surveillance and those things didn't go away. And at each level, there's, there's so much in this document, okay, equality under the law. Well, that's what this Supreme Court case was about. The, the, uh, the civil unions, the gay marriage, you know, the, what's not, it's not called gay marriage. It's called same-sex marriage. Right. Uh, or uh, if you're, uh, if you're uh, uh, name the very despicable guy on Fox. I know it's, that's a multiple choice question. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, the one who, uh, the one who's after Hannity. If you're Sean Hannity, it's not same-sex marriage or marriage equality. He loves to say the words homosexual nuptials, mm. and you can just see that you know his leather thong is clenched <laughs> while he's saying it. I think nuptials are the one where he clenches. Mm. Uh, but so you have equality under the law, and, and, and now what you have is actually, I think you have this document that almost to some extent represents our most civilized way of being, the mm-hmm. sanctity of the individual. And you have this barbarism out in the world. So there's a, there, is a re, there are many multiple reasons why you just go, you know, fuck you people. This is what we say. This is the road we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, humanity should be on, and it's a pretty good road. It's a pretty good argument, including the "fuck you" people. Yeah, you know uh, that's all subtext. We don't put that on the monument. <laughs> you know, just in Arabic. Oh, it's in Arabic too. Well, yeah, that translates a little differently. <laughs> no, I want uh, you to pitch that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it, so there's so much universality in it, and you were the person who you you told me who I was in a way that I. I didn't see it. You know, we can never see ourselves clearly. And and you just said, Chris, it should be – when I, you analyzed why I started doing it. You said, Chris, you've always been excited about ideas. You know, that's the thing you get passionate about. It's all over your comedy too. It's, you know, and, and ever since you told that to me, that's been a touchstone for me of, oh, now I get why I'm interested in this. And it's really helped me look in and see what is the idea, even within the comedy, what is uh-huh. the idea, you know. Now, instead of just feeling for it, now I can look for it because I know I'm looking for it. What if I said, Chris, you are all about finding the best sub sandwich in America or some shit like that? I, uh, yeah, but uh, I don't think I would have. Uh, I'm not your, probably you're not my fucking guru. You're my friend. <laughs> Thank God. Yes, Guru Josh. Must go. Must replace. Subway needs new spokesperson. <laughs> Keep no, giving well, I'm, him glad I, I'm glad I had a positive impact. Is I guess what I'm really saying. But just one of those clarifying things. I mean, you know, it's great. Uh, One of the things, I mean, you've written jokes for me. uh, You know, one of the great things of friendship is that you're uh, anybody you love. They they see those good things in you. You see them in them, and you and you can, you know, that was a that was a key insight for me. Well, and your friends of art have it's a given that they've accepted your bad things too. (laughs) They can live with yes. (laughs) When they talk about them, it's there's not the agenda of like. You're a dick. 
<laughs> well, I believe the phrase that you used uh, after we did our first tour together, uh, and you know, I was just getting together with Daisy and going, I don't know, it's so special, it's it's different, it's not like, and you went being the joyless fuck you usually are. <laughs> <laughs> you I said never it. thought of myself that way, but <laughs> but uh, clearly, is there a place now? Like, could I go watch the show? Did, is it uh, it's so, on access still periodically. Oh, okay. uh, I don't. Uh, so if you got access TV, uh, you know they're running it through April. They've they the contracts for one year for them. Oh, okay. So, but I don't know when it's. I don't know what kind of rotation it's. And they the told me they run it? it a bunch of times. It's Lewis Black and Friends, the Bill of Rights comedy concert. I'll Bill just of Rights comedy Lewis Black. Concert. And if yeah. I don't find that, maybe I'll just find something yeah. else he didn't enjoy that. <laughs> that's true. You will find that. Well, incredibly generous of somebody like Lewis to because uh, that's a lot of time to give away to television. Yeah. You know, uh, but a great show. I mean, and really the thing I liked the most was was the that it wasn't just, you know, act after act after act, the way they interlaced it. And people spoke. Uh, Fugelsang did a lot of stuff straight off the Bill of Rights. Yeah. So I worked with John on yeah. America's Funniest Home Video. Oh, that's stuff. right. Do you uh, have another one planned? Like a- I think we're going to, uh, uh, I mean, I, I think we may do a uh, Dick Gregory tribute in in Birmingham to help fund Montgomery. Oh, there you go. It just makes sense. Okay. You know, uh, and he's done both the concerts that we've done, and he's a, a interesting uh, guy, you know, and just to spend time with as an artist. I mean. How old did you say he is now? He's 83. Wow. Yeah. And... Uh, and he set that audience in Washington back on their heels, you know. Uh, funny, Lewis came up to me after the show when we were all hanging out back at the – we stayed at a very cool place in D.C. called The Mansion, which is almost like a rock and roll hall of fame, you know, every room's themed with all this I, – I, it's indescribable, but if you're looking for a really unique place to stay in D.C., I, I would certainly recommend The Mansion. A lot of the rockers go there because there's so much stuff there. Yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, I mean, I, I, there's paintings by Jimi Hendrix. Oh, I mean, wow. stuff like that. You just go, I, what is this? Where this? Because people just keep contributing to it. Uh, and uh, so we're back at the mansion. And Lewis told me, he said, I didn't think that was going to be the right order for the show, but it's your show. So, you know, uh, I didn't say anything about it. He said, turned out to be exactly right. And what he was talking about was putting Dick up first. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. And Dick was so funny. I mean, it's the middle of February. He walks out on stage and goes, yeah, it's cold, cold. He said, I, I love it when it's cold, though, you know. I had, a, had an old white racist shout out at me, hey, nigga, why don't you go back to Africa and take me with you? That You know it's cold. <laughs> I thought, man, that is funny. And that was his opening line to the audience. And it was like, wow. You know, so, uh, and, and in the interview, he was really funny, too. He was, I said, why do, you, what do you still, why do you still like comedy? This isn't in the show, but, it, you know, what's about comedy? He said, well, I make my living at it. You know, I still do 200 dates a year. He said, but I wouldn't do it if it wasn't, if it wasn't, you know, it's that special thing. I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. And if they didn't enjoy it. And, and then he goes, and, you know, sometimes when I'm cooking, I wish I could be out there watching myself. <laughs> wow. And it was just so beautiful. I mean, he is he's as uber hip as they get. Yeah. It, it, when he's in that place, it's like, wow. It's like, so so that's been a huge thrill for me is to get to actually hang out with, I mean, my God, you know, Dick Gregory, geez. Oh, great update. Great update. Oh, thanks. Yes. Yeah, thanks for asking. And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, we got, I mean, it's generating, it's sort of an energy around it. It's taking a long time, but I think it's one of these things that will just, uh, at some point, it will critical mass, and then, you know, 
and, and that that's somewhere around I don't know between the next one and two million dollars. We're only two million dollars short of critical mass. It only takes sort of a like week. Joel Hodgson. Yeah, it only takes a week to raise two million dollars <laughs> yeah. if you gave a Joel Hodgson paradigm. Right. Yeah, I'd like to think the Bill of Rights is a stronger brand than MST3K, <laughs> but yeah, you can't do a Kickstarter for it. You just can't. First place, most people have no idea what it is. Is that the Dog Bill of Rights? <laughs> Josh, did you contribute to the MST Kickstarter? Oh, to the MST? No. My bill well, I mean, in the sense that I helped create the fucking show, Damn I contributed right, to it. But no. <laughs> no, I didn't give any money to it. Of course not. No. <laughs> no. Uh, but both I would have been more, way more shocked if you said you did. Yeah, yeah. no. But I, you know, I did. I have. I have good mouthed it on Twitter, and you know, I've been. I've been uh, verbally. I, I endorsed it when it came out. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm not going to be a part of it, but I, you know, yeah, yeah. I wish them nothing but the best. Mm-hmm. And, you know. See how much more time. Oh yeah, we got. I got to take a. I can take up a little bit more of your time here, right? Um, sure. Donald Trump. Do you wow. like? Do you like that? He, I know, right? I'm changing things here. Yeah. Donald Trump. Do you like that he's uh, out there making? A, no, I'm done now. You're done now. I mean, it's it's getting to the point where it's like, no, he's we're now close enough to these primaries where he's gonna win one or two of them, and you know. And it's you know it was really nice. It's it's nice to say oh he'll go away or whatever, but it's like we're in the state that elected Jesse Ventura, so like everyone said that about him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and then I went out and voted for him. Did you? Good yep. job on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it's you know, so I don't think he. I do not think he will be president of the United States, but I also don't think you know his being there is is helping the discussion move anything forward because mm-hmm. he's not discussing anything. You know. Yeah. Chris, uh, I just like uh, you know that we're finally talking about anchor babies, <laughs> you know, because it's a term of art uh, that that I uh, whenever I see language used so beautifully, so expressively, so poetically, and with such soul, anchor babies. But let's be honest, isn't every baby an anchor? <laughs> I mean, your life is over at that point anyway. So, although my friend Joel Pet has a solution for the whole anchor baby thing. Uh huh. Uh, because if you're worried that people are sneaking across the border to have children, what you do is you just change the immigration policy uh, to where gay people get preference. And uh, this is Joel's uh, – I'll probably steal it on stage this week. There you go. I have permission from Joel to use it. But the policy would be called if you come out, you can come in. <laughs> and then once the gay people come in, then they can adopt the anchor babies when we kick their parents back to whatever go. countries they came from. So it's it's a win-win-win. Yeah. Yeah. And and these parents or who can't a win win one. Although I'm sure Trump's not crazy about gay adoption either. So like, probably not. So much. Pro- probably yeah. not. Or most of the Trump fans. Although it he's is... not afraid of that as much as he is wind. Ah, no kidding. <laughs> That's why you can't be president. Is you can't fucking wear a golf cap every time you step outside <laughs> as president. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna. Every time he gets on Air Force One on the White House lawn, he's gonna look like he's going golfing. Yeah, Wait, but that guy golfs all the time. Yeah, right. Another and, vacation? Suit and golf cap just isn't gonna work. <laughs> you go to a foreign funeral. America is sad on your hat. <laughs> Not to mention when he puts all the solid gold handles on the uh, on all, on the door to Air Force One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's what's troubling is that uh, I think a full twenty five percent of, of uh, the American people just agree with everything that he says, and I mean he's voicing a, um, a 
Well, there's that whole thing that it's he, not a primal he, he scream. He says what we're primal. thinking is uh, is like the almost the slogan. Actually, you go, it should be he says what, what we're not thinking. The implication of that is is that okay, so you should be president then. If you would if you would just say what you're thinking, you would be qualified to be president. You fucking idiot. <laughs> You know, we yeah. all say we all think things that we shouldn't say. Yeah, Inc- we all have an uncle that should be president, right, including shit like you know. Occasionally, I'll go outside when it's really cold and go global warming my ass to myself. I'll say it. Yeah. I won't say it out loud because it makes you sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Except to that twenty five. And I and I won't say build a fucking wall. You might think that oh these immigrants build a fucking wall. Yeah, that's the kind of thing you think to your idiot self, but don't say. Out and then loud. your smart self says, "Well, now wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You know, is that going to work? Is it any that that that? And after all, is that who we really want to be? Should it be on Canada border instead of Mexico? First, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of questions to answer before you start. You st- and then you're in this whole wall conversation, and and that's why I like Trump because he's just going to do it, and we'll find out whether it works or not yeah, right. later. Right. Yeah, and that 35 percent tariff that sounds like a great idea for the global economy. That's going to be great. And he thinks the trade deal that was put together uh, to counter Chinese influence is a big boon to China. China played gonna... us. Oh, they played them bad. Oh, they played us. <laughs> and Russia, those guys aren't even guys. <laughs> well, that's not, I mean, Trump is Putin in a shirt. Yeah. It's that same ego. Uh, it, it's, the, it's the same personality. Yeah. Same, you know, preening bully bullshit yeah Yeah. he's a great bully yeah i look at it and then ben carson oh my goodness yeah well i mean (laughs) i think you were saying to me uh the last time the first time we talked about it he goes we're gonna have to change that phrase well it's not brain surgery (laughs) you know because suddenly that's been down here like well i guess brain surgery wasn't brain surgery either you know that's funny. Um, but he's uh, he's just, uh, you know, if you read, there's something spooky in that guy's subtext. I don't know. I mean, I, oh, just, God, yeah. I just find him. Uh, and, so, you know, and, and this is what and this these are the this is the best we can do, apparently, under the current system. So no, it's the best they can do. <laughs> it's not like I'm choosing between these fucking bozos. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if you look at the people that are in Congress, and you've got—I uh, mean, if you look at the the head of the science committee, committee doesn't believe in evolution. The head of the education committee doesn't believe in reading. I mean, they had uh, the, the lieutenant governor in Kentucky. They just elected the governor. Uh, all the all the top races went to Republicans. All the state races. First time that an African American woman has ever won a statewide race in Kentucky. And it's because she's uh, uh, conservative, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I said to somebody Clarence Thomas in a dress, and somehow they thought it was, you know, something about cross-dressing, but <laughs> instead of about the ideology and the whole kind of thing that's there. But they asked this woman during the one debate that they had in Kentucky, uh, they, uh, she's going to be lieutenant governor, what, what do you think about preschool education, pre-K, you know? And her answer was, it just gives them longer to indoctrinate the kids <laughs> into knowledge, yeah. into book learning. And she's wow. now the lieutenant governor. Wow. So it's not th- – if it was only Trump and Carson or only that thing, but it's yeah. it's in large swaths of the country. Mm-hmm. As you can see when you see 31 governors. No Syrians here. Hey, Black Lives Matter, maybe. French Lives Matter, Absolutely. All lives matter sounds good. 
Syrian lives? Eh, yeah. Matter to them. You know, so, I mean, it's this weird, they would, it's like they would rather expand Medicaid than let Syrians in. That's the, you know, it's like, well, which, you know, why I'm, I, I don't know. It's just, the choices are so odd. Well, I mean, just the fact that someone in America, some an elected official could suggest excluding someone from this country because of their religion, be, solely because of their choice of religion, is is unbelievable that that a fucking governor could say that out loud 31 governors uh and uh and and trump but trump has trump has been more trump goes and i'm not saying we should bring the christians in because how do we know they're christian (laughs) we can't tell that they're christian or not so we can't let the christians come in or well i guess if isis has hung one on a cross then we can let that one in too late a little too late donald yeah, it's it's it's, but it's a weird discussion, and and uh, I, I mean they're just speaking to the. I have the solution for the Middle East, but I don't want to waste it on your show. Uh, but it makes it pretty fucking clear that Guantanamo is not going to get closed anytime soon. If, no, you know. no, uh, uh, all, but all of it is this weird. I mean, when you see how, I mean, that Gulf cannot be bridged, can it? Not when there's one. One, so one gonna, shore is unwilling or or undesiring of bridging it. Right. I, I, does that make it an anti-Mexican standoff? <laughs> <laughs> I, by the I, way, I want that wall between Minnesota and Wisconsin. If we're going to build, can a we wall. do it before this weekend? <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> Green Bay is coming to our hotel. And then How about loser builds the wall? I say they do it that. There way we go. Instead. There we go. Yeah, you might have a. Uh, this place might be half full of Packer fans this weekend. It's like the Wisconsin Embassy. I've been here this week in the past. Oh, yeah. yeah it's like it fills up with windbreakers and old-style beer real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is Vikings-Packer week. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The two, but the, the Vikings two, are The two drunkest cities in the United them. States are are having their NFL rivalry this That's week. Right. Mm-hmm. Although I think Minneapolis has slipped to like four or five. Hasn't. I think Milwaukee's still number one, but I don't think Minneapolis is number two anymore. I don't think so either. But. Yeah. Well, I saw a list this morning of the smartest uh, states, and Minnesota was in the top ten. So nice. there you go. Well, I just saw a map of all the governors who said that they don't want things, and Minnesota is like the only state surrounded by red, red uh, Muslim-hating states. <laughs> well, when it yeah. becomes – I mean, the party of Lincoln has become the party of litmus. You know, when everything becomes a how much do we express how much we hate Obama, how much we hate this, how much we hate that, you know, uh, just, you know. Well, Minnesota's already absorbed its a wave of Somali huge, refugees. Huge you know? wave. And yes, there's, there has been recruiting issues here, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but people didn't come in as terrorists. You know? Good point. Yes. <laughs> good point. Very good point. And, 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 it's a, and also the idea that, well, this is the way that we can protect ourselves from. Mm, no, I probably not. Yeah, you know, it's been a weird week with the. Uh, I mean, that's an understatement. The things that happened in Paris and then in Minneapolis here, where, and then the know, Vikings are the, seven and two. The Vikings are in first place. Week. That's uh, bizarre. There's your sign of the apocalypse. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, people need a uh, a good laugh. It's been a weird vibe this week. Yeah, just going all we, around. We, there was a shooting here, right? A police. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, They're investigating to see whether the guy was wearing handcuffs when he was shot. Yeah. So it's been how a, long of an investigation? Would, how do you? I guess. 
they wouldn't have cuffed him after they shot him, would I? It wouldn't be a smart move, seemingly. Yeah. <laughs> Although I remember when those New York cops uh, shot, uh, what was the guy's name? I think it was Amadou Diallo uh-huh. and three off, three plainclothes officers shot 41 bullets. Right, into a guy you know? taking his wallet out of yeah, it. Yeah, no, he was trying to get into his, yeah, his apartment at that point. It wasn't even, you know, he was scared right. to death. They were plainclothes. Right. And... Uh, uh, and they only hit him 18 times, which is a little disturbing because you have to figure after the first three or four, it's not a moving target any longer. Uh, Can I laugh at that? <laughs> He's hoping so. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, and they got off. They yeah. totally got off. Well, then I'll stop laughing after yeah. you said that. So. So it's I mean, been a, yeah. Justifiable. You guys, uh, you guys are gonna have crowds here that that need laughs. So that's a good thing for you. Good. Where we are gonna hit that punchline the way that Adrian Peterson hits the the hole. <laughs> wow, that could have went someplace different. <laughs> nice job, Chris. Thank you. Very nice job. Great to uh, talk to you guys again. Is nice there, to talk to you as well. Is there anything else that, you, that we should uh, mention before? We all break off and have some food here. Um, Twitter at J. Elvis Weinstein. Yes. MyBillOfRights.org, the Bill of Rights Monument Project. Interesting. You know, not for everybody. But certainly I think uh, you have a lot of listeners who. But if you hear this this week, come down to the club because this is a a much different show than uh, you'll usually see here. Yeah. They've brought us back a dozen times, so it clearly works. (laughs) Damn right. (laughs) Damn right. Plus, uh, shitty weather's coming, so uh-huh. this is going to be the first uh, real blast of cold, this, or, or did you have one earlier? Uh, no. Uh, there's been some teases, but this weekend yeah. is going to be brutal, I think. Okay. We're going to be down in the 30s for the uh, like for that football game on we'll Sunday. We'll play a drinking game with the Packers fans and the Vikings fans. That sounds like a good <laughs> idea. That yeah. sounds like when you start getting heckled by the motorcycle game. <laughs> Bring your wallet. <laughs> well, continued success, guys. You too. Thank you. Thank you.